Welcome to Life Church Birmingham. We are glad you have listened today. We know God has a plan and purpose for your life and want to help you be successful in Jesus Christ. We know you will receive a message of hope and encouragement. Someone was going to stop her at the door. What she wondered is, would I be accepted, welcomed, and celebrated? That's what she wondered. And now that's a foreign concept to me. But God began to uh, work on my heart and, 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 and work on my heart about how we can, how we can um, fulfill maybe a dream that Jesus has that God shared, I believe, with Martin Luther King Jr. And here's a scripture for you, Galatians 3, 26 through 29. Here's what it says. I'll read it to you. So in Christ Jesus, we are all children of God through faith. <laughs> for we were all... Uh, for all of us who are baptized into Christ have clothed ourselves with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, slave nor free, male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. So when we are in Christ, there is neither Jew nor Gentile. In other words, Nationality has like no bearing, right? It's slave nor free, no matter the economic situation you come for. Uh, um, uh, male nor female, it doesn't matter. We're one in Christ. We're one in Christ. And can I just be honest with you? If a church that was multicultural would happen organically, every church in the country would be that way. It, it's, it's work. And we have to put in the effort and, and make sure that Jesus is the point and the center and the focus. And we have to check ourselves constantly. How, how do I uh, serve my brother? How do I serve my sister? What's in their best interest? How can I love them? How can I, how can I do um, what Jesus cleared the temple for, which was how do I not prevent people from coming to worship? That's why Jesus got so mad, by the way, and cleared the temple. Because there were those that were becoming a stumbling block for the nations to come into the house of God. And he got very angry. And so, I just want to say tomorrow, I'm celebrating Martin Luther King Jr. Day because of the grace and the goodness of God. Because of the love of Jesus and because of the progress that God is helping it's helping, it's work in progress, helping us to accomplish. So I just want to say that and say thank you for your trust in me. And I just, um, I just, uh, we, do we have the, the, the statue of Martin Luther King on the, on the inscription of that great stone memorial in Washington is a, a, a carved out image of King. And on the side of it says, out of a mountain of despair, a stone of hope. Come on, don't you want to be a stone of hope? Come on, don't you want to be a stone of hope? So there we go. There we go. Tomorrow, let's remember, let's remember to, to, uh, to, to serve brother and sister, to, 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 to um, um, favor one another, to submit to one another. Well, God's taken us deeper. He's taking us deeper. Turn your Bibles to Jeremiah 29. Jeremiah 29. While you turn there, kind of a funny announcement. Um, um, some of you have asked, and, and uh, we were surprised <laughs> as well. 
our, our son got married over Christmas holiday. Luke is married. And so some of you have asked, is your son married? Well, he is. And, and, and we, we found out like the last minute. And, and so he's married. And there was, it was like kind of like a, he eloped, I guess you could say. But um, uh, no big ceremony. So if you're wondering why you weren't invited, um, because there wasn't one. So when you see Luke's, uh, he's married. Mr. Mills is married. So just wanted to let you know that some of you are asking. He lives in Huntsville now, so um, you don't see him often, but he's a police officer up there. Um, Jeremiah 29, here's what it says. This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says to all those I carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses and settle down. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase the number there. Do not decrease. Also seek peace. Seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I've carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it because if it prospers, you too will prosper. Yes, this is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says. Do not let the prophets and diviners among you deceive you. Do not listen to their dreams. You encourage them to have. I have not sent them, declares the Lord. This is what the Lord says. When 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will come to you and fulfill my good promise and bring you back to this place. And here's one that a lot of people quote. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope in the future. Then, everybody say then. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me. And I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. I'll be found by you, declares the Lord. And I will bring you back from captivity. I will gather you from all the nations and places where I banished you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back to the place from which I carried you into exile. Grab your Bible or your device if you're reading out of it and hold it to your chest. Hold it to your heart. Father, we look to you and your word to help us. It's a lamp unto our feet. It's a light unto our path. It's a sword. It's sharper than a two-edged sword. It cuts and divides, it goes deep, corrects, rebukes, trains us for righteousness. And so we ask that you would do only what you could do through your word this morning. Help us in 2024 to accomplish all that you put uh, before us. In Christ's name, amen. 597 B.C., Jerusalem came under attack by the Babylonians. Babylon's located south of Baghdad and Iraq. They were sieged and attacked. King Nebuchadnezzar invaded the city, the holy city, uh, destroyed its walls, um, destroyed the temple, took captive, like kidnapped um, uh, 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 those uh, many leaders, significant leaders, uh, prophets, priests, artisans, craftsmen, uh, and, and took them back about 500 miles back to Babylon. About the distance between here in Indianapolis or here in Orlando. He took them away from their home into Babylon. 
Jeremiah is back in Jerusalem and writes a letter. That's the context of Jeremiah's letter that he wrote. He's writing a letter to those in exile, to the brothers and sisters of the Jews who were taken captive, and those are the things he says to them. He lets them know what the Lord is saying. In 2024, my heart, my prayer is that we dig deeper, that we dig deeper wells, that we revisit uh, uh, um, the same old truths and dig down deeper and say, God, what fresh new water do you have for us? God's calling us deeper out of the depths. And I had this image in my mind I, last week or a week ago uh, uh, that there, there's someone on the shore of, of safety and he's out in the depths of the river and he said, come on, come on, come on. You know, the shore can be safe and secure, it feels solid, it's predictable, uh, we can count on it, right? And the Lord says, would you trust me? Would you trust me and come out deeper? And he says that uh, to, to Peter. Remember the story? He says that to Peter. Peter is in a boat, and um, with the disciples, there's a storm, and Jesus, they look out, and they're so um, mortified because the only conclusion they could come to is there's a ghost out there walking around. It never occurred to them that Jesus would appear to them walking on water. It was like not even in their like uh, mental portfolio. They, it never occurred to them. And so they look out and they're like, oh my goodness, a ghost. And Jesus said, no, no, no. It's me. They're like, if that's you, Jesus, tell me to come on out. And he says, all right, come on. <laughs> and Peter, you know, Peter, he's always the uh, first one to act, first one to speak, probably the last one to think. In this case, it was probably to his advantage. He's like, that's Jesus. He says, come on, I'm, I'm going, I'm going, I'm going. And so he gets out of the boat, and he walks on water with Jesus. Listen, God's calling us out of the boat. He's calling us off the shore and says, come on, I've got great new things for you. I've, I've got great waters for you to explore. I've got great new riches of truths for you uh, to bathe in. I've got more for you. Out of Jeremiah 29, I want us to identify three ways to go deeper. Three ways to go deeper. Three ways, if I say three ways to go deeper. Um, a lot of you uh, may have wondered if... Uh, the University of Alabama had contacted me about the head coaching position. Um, I just want to put, just dispel those rumors. I've, I've turned it down. I'm staying here and because I, I love you, and I just, I gave it to the guy from wherever he's, Canada or something. I don't know, Washington. I, I appreciate it. Well, you know, I mean, it's $10 million a year. Who keeps, let's do the work of the Lord. Um, we do have a hotline set up, a crisis hotline for those morning. Go past and give Nick Saban, and we'll pray for you. All right. I, I drank too much coffee. I apologize. Grow where God plants you. Grow where God plants you. Let me say it again. Grow where God plants you. The Babylonians had done horrific things. Horrific things. Um, to the Jews. 
similar to what we saw a few months ago in the invasion of Israel, but on a massive scale. A massive scale. They had destroyed their city, ransacked their temple, ruined their economy, uh, uh, removed the leaders, enslaved the population, and Babylon had done its worst to Jerusalem. St. Augustine is a real person, not just a city. Um, arrived uh, around in the 300s uh, A.D. And he wrote a, a classic work some of you may be familiar with or heard of called The City of God. In, in his book, The City of God, he sees um, cities um, in a race. This race we have distributed into two parts, he says. One consisting of those who live according to man and the other of those who live according to God. And and these were also mystically called in his book the two cities or two communities of men. One is predestined to reign eternally with God and the other is to suffer eternal punishment with Satan and his demons. St. Augustine identifies Babylon and Rome as a picture of city of man, not the city of God. It was corrupt beyond corrupt. It was corrupt. And James Montgomery Boyce writes a book commentating on this, and he says this about St. Augustine's view of the cities of two cities. According to Augustine, who gave the distinction between the two cities, Scripture unfolds the history of two distinct groups of people, each having a distinct origin, Development, characteristic, and identity. These are two cities or two societies. The earthly one has its highest expression in cities and cultures like Babylon and Rome. The other is the church. The former is destined to pass away. The latter is blessed by God to last forever. In reading Jeremiah 29, two cities come to mind. And he calls Babylon the city of Satan. That's what it was. It was horrifying. It was horrific. We, um, we live in a post-modern mindset. A post-Christian mindset. We are like not in Kansas anymore, Toto. We are not in Kansas anymore. And there are, are uh, uh, worldviews that are completely not just contrary to the Word of God, but in violent opposition to the Word and things of God. That was what Babylon is like. So when we look at the, those who are in exile in Babylon, we, can have, we identify somewhat with that. Because all that was familiar with was being stripped away and taken away. Uh, the, the temple was destroyed. The normal type of worship was gone. Uh, the blood sacrifice that the priests would do was no longer in effect. They were away from all that, away from the sacrificial system, away from what was comfortable and familiar, away from the usual way of worshiping. They were away, removed from all this. And in that context, God gives very specific instructions. I'll highlight them. While you're there, 
By the way, he says, you'll be there for a while. Seven years, 7D to be exact. He says, and we just read it, build houses and settle down. Plant gardens and eat what those gardens produce. Marry, find a spouse, have children. Help your kids find mates so they can marry and have children. And he says, increase in number. And he gives this command, do not decrease. We just read it. Do not decrease. We, 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 we weave yourself into the fabric of the culture you live in. Get, get some roots so that you can uh, 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 have influence and participate. It's participate in the economy. It's, per, it's have relationships. Live, live life. Settle, don't be so anxious to think, um, tomorrow I'm out of here. Next week I'm out of here. Therefore, I'm not going to make long-term plans here because I know I'll be gone. Jeremiah says, that's not true. You'll be there for 70 years. So uh, settle down. Don't uh, unpack your bags. I don't know what that would have sounded like if I had read this in like 598, 599 B.C. or 654, 594. I don't know if, I, I listen, I, I know it's horrible, but you ain't going anywhere. I, I know it's not easy, but, but you're not going anywhere. I, I, I know it's not like Jerusalem, but don't, don't be so short-sighted and not unpack your bags. He's saying, be part of what's happening. As a matter of fact, he goes on to say, seek the peace and the prosperity of the city that you're in. Now, that, I would have to have somebody tell me that. If I'm taken away, and I'm in that context, I, I need some words of encouragement and strength. He says, look, you've been done wrong. It's been stripped away. It's not God's ultimate uh, 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 destiny for you, but, it, but it's where you are now. So seek the prosperity of the city to which I've carried you in exile. God says, I've, I've allowed this. The Babylonians did it. But they're working under the, in the direction. Discern and know how to pray for the territory that God has assigned you to. Discern and know how to pray for the territory that God has assigned you to. That's what he's saying to them. You, you, you're in a territory. Oh, my kingdom is not like this world's kingdom. I know Jerusalem is a picture of a kingdom of God and the temple, but, but, but the, my kingdom is it's not like that. It's not restricted by borders and walls and rivers and mountaintops. My, my, my kingdom is wherever the, the spear of God goes. 
Chronicles 4, verse 10. A man by the name of Jabez gets like two verses in the Bible. Here's what verse 10 says. cried out to God of Israel, oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. And God granted his request. Lord, bless me and enlarge my territory. God, God you've given me an, an area of influence, an area to operate in, I'm asking that you would bless me in that and that you would enlarge that. That that you would allow me to maximize the potential that you've called me to in the uh, realm of influence that you've given me and would you broaden that. That's what he's saying to the Israelites. Discern and pray for the place that you're in for its prosperity. For if it prospers, guess what? So do you. Here's a question that will be very good to ask yourself at the beginning of this year. Where is your territory? What's the territory that God's called you to? What's the territory that you've been assigned to? Where is your territory? God gives every people group, every individual a territory. Wherever, uh, uh, he tells the Israelites, wherever you place your foot, that's, that's your ground. That's, we're advancing the kingdom of God. My question is, where's your territory? Where's your territory? Where, where is your level? Where is your influence? Where, where, where do you have influence? Where has God called you to operate? Where's your territory? If you're younger, your territory is, it seems, sky's the limit. What territory has God assigned you to? Don't be so anxious about the um, future that you think God has for you, that you stop having impact where you are now. Students, I know we got a bunch of students at our deeper retreat with our youth pastor to hundreds and hundreds of teenagers all over the state of Alabama. So some of them are not here. Don't be so anxious to think about when I get out of this school, man, then I'm really going to have a life. <laughs> For when I get free from the, this place, man, I'm going to community college. I'm going to the military. I'm going to get me a job. And uh, uh, I remember my brother was, I uh, forget what, he, my, he was having a hard time with authority. And here's the quote that, that, that they remembered. He got into it with my dad. He says, Dad, I'm, I'm, so tired of you. I'm so tired of being told what to do. You just tell me what to do all the time. I'm going to join the army. <laughs> That's what my dad did. <laughs> He's like, sounds like a good idea to me, son. You're just sick of being told what to do. I think you ought to join the army. <laughs> don't be, listen, don't be so short-sighted about, uh, or, or about where God's leading you that you miss what he has for you now. Listen, where's your territory? What level of influence? Is it in education? Is it in industry? Is it in sales? Is it relationships? Where do you live? Where do you go to school? Where do you shop? Uh, Where where, where do you um, uh, do business? That's your territory. Jabez says, thank you for what I got. Now God bless me, and I want more influence. I want more territory. And the Bible says, 
God granted his request. If he did it for Jabez, why won't he do it for me? If he did it for Jabez, why won't he do it for you? Listen, know your territory. Ephesians 3.20, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine, according to his power at work in us. Quit selling yourself short, man. Quit selling yourself short and think, that's just for other people. That God, I'm just, I'm the little guy on the totem pole. God says, listen, pray for the place that you're in, that it prospers, because when it prospers, you'll prosper. Be part of the solution, not the problem. Be part of, be part of things. My deep theological observation, be part of things. <laughs> First Corinthians 7, here's what it says. Verse 17, each person should live as a believer in whatever situation the Lord has assigned them to, just as God called them. Let's go over to verse 20. Each person should remain in the situation they were when God called them. 24, brothers and sisters, each person as, a res as responsible to God should remain in the situation they are in when God called them. In, in, in other words, to read it in its whole context, that's not the main point of the sermon. It is to say this. Wherever you find yourself, be fruitful. Wherever you find yourself. In other words, don't wait for the what is to come. It, one day. You know what? One day when I'm a millionaire, then I'm going to be real generous. Uh, oh, oh, one day when I'm, you know, accomplish this, then I'm going to make a bold stand. One day when I do this, then, I'm, then I'm, I'll really be a good friend. One day, one, God says, grow where you're planted. Grow where you're planted. If you want to go deeper, grow where you're planted. Don't long so much for what's down the road that you miss what's in front of you. Don't be so spiritually minded that you're no earthly good. <laughs> God wants you to have influence. Did you know that? God wants you to make a difference. Why, why wouldn't it be the people of God that he gives uh, uh, the, the greatest inventions to? Why not the greatest thinkers in technology? Why not the greatest in, in, in medical uh, care? Why not the greatest uh, minds of business? Why not? Why not the most creative ways uh, to, to, to help people that are hurting? Why, why not God's people? Thank you. <laughs> Three questions to ask yourself to help you grow where you're planted. Number one, what opportunity do I have right now in my family? Whatever, what opportunity do you have right now in your family? Everybody's got a crazy uncle. Some of y'all didn't laugh, probably because you What opportunity do you have right now in your family? If you say, man, my family's perfect. Come on over to mine. I need a little help. <laughs> right? What opportunity do you have right now in your family? Number two, what opportunity do you have right now in your career or school? Where's the opportunity? That's your territory, man. Three, what are you doing right now to make a difference in your church? Three questions to ask yourself to understand your territory and, and, and how to flourish and grow where you're planted. Food for thought. I would write those down and think deeply about them. Grow where you're planted. Number two, 
listen and understand God's word to me. I'll listen and understand God's words to me. I will listen and understand God's words to me. Apparently, there were conflicting voices in Babylon that all claimed to be of God. Some were saying, hey, don't worry, we're out of here. Jeremiah says that, that is not the Lord. I want to read out loud one more time what we read. This is verse 8 and verse 9. Here's what it says. This is what the Lord Almighty says. Don't let the prophets and diviners among you deceive you. In other words, there's those who are claiming to speak on behalf of God. They are not. Don't listen to the dreams you encourage them to have. Now, now that's interesting. Don't listen to the dreams you encourage them to have. They are prophesying lies to you in my name. I have not sent them, declares the Lord. Um, that Hebrew phrase, the dreams you've caused them to have, there's several, there's a struggle in translation there because it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a word image. Um, it, it literally means uh, your dreams which you cause to dream. Um, tell us what we want to hear. T tell us what we want to hear. You, you're having dreams, right? You're having visions, right? The word, God's saying this, right? Tell us. Tell us what we want to hear. God says, I'm not in the business of always telling you what you want to hear, but what you need to hear. All that in Babylon had led to there being distractions and delusions, misguided focus and error. And Jeremiah was saying, God, God is at work in a process here. He's in a process of doing something that's greater than you. It's greater than even your lifespan. It's greater than the current condition you're in. I haven't left you. I haven't forgotten about you. I know what you're going through. I know where you are. Listen, don't live so far in the future that you miss what is in front of you. And he says, listen to God's voice, to God's word. And Jeremiah speaks on behalf of God. Now at that point, you just have to decide. Which one is like God? <laughs> right? It's not always easy. Is it? It's not always easy. Here's the challenge. When we strip away the idea of absolute truth, what happens is everything now is subjective. 
Now, if you're like under 20, you, that's the world you know, man. You, and and I, I am, I pray for you. Um, probably if you're under 30, that's, that, that's, that's what you know. You, you do know that there is sort of a bubble that you live in around here, this area of the globe. When you strip that away, like, like everything is subjective. So, here's how it sounds. <laughs> That's fine. That's how God speaks to you. That's what he says. God speaks to me this way. That's what he says to me. And, you know, everybody's got their own God. That's not a new concept, by the way. The first century Christians who were martyred, uh, a.k.a. killed for their faith, Sometimes they would tie them together and take two horses and run them in the opposite direction for sport. They would put wild, hungry animals in coliseums and let the Christians run, and they'd watch for sport. They'd pack coliseums with it. They would tar them, cover them, light them on fire, and illuminate walkways. Not because they followed Jesus, because they wouldn't bow to Caesar and follow Jesus only. They're like, fine, add Jesus. We got a bunch of them, but bow to Caesar. They're like, no, I only bow to Christ Jesus. He's the one and only. They're like, one and only, that's not how we operate right here. Caesar's number one, and then we got a bunch of other gods. That's fine. Go down to the pagan temples. I don't care. They said, that's not how we operate. That's, this is not a new concept. That truth is subjective. We, we've got to know what you believe. You've got to understand and listen to God's word for me. Here's something I probably said. Um, I didn't, that, that I won't say anymore. Um. We can't go to Scripture and say, hey, what does this mean to you? Before you get mad at me, just think about what I just said. What does this mean to you? Well, to me it means that um, I can do whatever I want because Jesus loves me. He don't care what I... What's it mean to you? Well, what it means to me is really what it says right here, which is not what you just said. And we, we, can't go to the, we can't go to the things of God and say, what, what does this mean to me? We have to say, God, what do you mean it to say? What do you mean it to say? And if you, and if you, if you are not grounded, if you are not grounded, you will be swept away. I sat with a young lady this week. She's in tears. She loves the Lord. What's the tears about? She said, at work, it's bad. I said, what happened? She's super upset because her faith is being challenged and mocked and um, picked on, and, and she's, she's struggling with it. And, she, and I said, well, let's talk. Let me help you. What's, give me an example. She said, well, I was, I was talking to a coworker, and they were saying about someone who is just horrible, horrible person, and 
they were just so upset about how horrible and bad this person was. And, and, and this young lady, I'm sorry, what, 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 what are you, what's horrible? What happened? They're pro-life. She was so stunned, she was expecting, like, you know, something horrible. Look, we have to go to God in his word and say, God, what do you mean it to say? What did you mean when you wrote it? What did it mean the first time it was written? What did it mean to those people? And from that, I take my application to to where I am. Not a different meaning, a different application. I might not be in first century Rome. I might not be living 500 years before Christ. Okay, but the truth is the truth is the truth is the truth. The application may look a little different, but it always means what it always meant, and it never means what it never meant. We can't go to the things of God and say, what does it mean for you, and then make up some uh, uh, new way of thinking and say it's God. That is exactly what Jeremiah was correcting. If you want to hear God speak, Read the Bible. If you want to hear him speak audibly, read it out loud. <laughs> Matthew twenty-two twenty-nine, 29, Jesus replied, You are an error because you don't know the scriptures or the power of God. They're asking some goofy question about if someone dies and this person dies and this person dies and then who's going to be married in heaven and all this. He's like, you, you just... You don't know the scriptures, and you don't know the power of God. They were caught up in fruitlessness because they didn't know the scriptures nor the power of God. Know the scriptures. Dig in deeper in this fast. Plug in. You may have fallen off the bandwagon. Maybe last Sunday you like had good intentions. You're going to fast and do some things, and by about Tuesday you're like, Oh, gloom, despair, and agony of me. I can't handle this anymore. Pass the chicken wings, man. Give me some milkshakes. I can't deal with it anymore. Listen, jump into the fast. Jump into the fast. Grab a booklet out front. Jump in. Ask, let God refine you. Let him uh, 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 give you a deeper uh, uh, understanding of prayer. Plug in. The way you learn how to fast is to fast. The way you learn how to pray is to pray. There's great models of scripture for both, but the application of it is the learning of it. Hosea 4, 6 says, my people are destroyed from a lack of knowledge. The destruction comes from a lack of knowledge. You can't go by your feelings. You can't go by your gut. You can't, you're not supposed to figure it out as you go. We're supposed to be ordered our steps. The Lord is a, a, a lamp into our feet, a light into our path. Know the word, follow it, and God will give you direction for the small idiosyncrasies of your life. 1 Corinthians 6, 9. Do you not know the righteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Don't be deceived. The sexually immoral, idolaters, adulterers, men who practice homosexuality, thieves, greedy, drunkards, revelers, swindlers, will not inherit the kingdom of God. 
you need to know that. God speaks, and we can hear him. Give us ears to hear. Teach us, God, how you're speaking so we can tune our ears into the frequency. Help us to quiet the opposing voices. Quiet the opposing voices. I will challenge you that it is near impossible to quiet opposing voices with five, six, seven, eight hours of screen time a day. You will not be able to discern if you fill your heart and mind with rubbish all day and then say, God, where's the voice of God? You will be so confused and discombobulated. You won't know. But the Bible says, listen, consecrate yourself. Pull yourself away. Uh, 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 come into the holy of holies. Con uh, put a time every day to meet with God. Read the word. Don't fill your mind. Junk. Grow where you're planted. Listen and understand God's words to you. Come on, worship team. The third is this. I will passionately pursue the Lord. I'll passionately pursue God. If we're not careful, Jeremiah 29, 11 can easily miss its intended purpose. We can easily, it can easily be taken out of context and miss the whole point of it. The point of Jeremiah 29, 11, which says, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, give you hope in the future. That's true. But in its context, it is, it's going to be a little rough. I'm not going to bail you out like you think I should, and take you back to Jerusalem. Because there's some things that I want to refine in you in this season that I couldn't do while you were in Jerusalem. I had to send Nebuchadnezzar 500 miles to come and get you to accomplish my purposes in you. So let me accomplish my purposes in you where you are now. They didn't have the sacrificial system. They didn't have the temple. They didn't have the, think about it. They've been swept away. And Babylon was the city of man. I mean, everything you needed was in Babylon. It was searching for ways to become more immoral. And their faith was challenged. Friend, I would submit to you that spiritually speaking, we don't live in Jerusalem. We live in Babylon. Corruption is the norm. Immorality is a given. <laughs> um, 
but not in the city of God. You're not coming back like these false prophets said. It's going to be 70 years in Babylon, in this maddening environment. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to give you, not to harm you. To give you a hope and a expected end, future. That's the context. You were born for such a time as this. You need to dig deep roots. This is not the time to run to the hills, get a compound, and hide out from the world. What influence will you have? God is looking for godly business women who can step into the marketplace and show others what it's like to be successful with integrity. God's looking for couples who will go against the status quo, right, in their marriage and be an example of what godliness is like. God is looking for young people, teenagers, young adults that live in such dramatic opposition to the world, not even trying to, but just living for God. That, that you, are, you, you, you stick out so profusely that you have to be noticed. <laughs> if you expect the world to embrace you with a parade, you will be waiting a long time. But what we long for <laughs> is that day where we hear, well done, good and faithful servant. <laughs> That's what we long for. Let your longing be for that, not to get out of your current mess, but live where you've been planted, grow where you've been planted. Don't pull away from the world and society and think that God wants you to hide out. He needs you. Would it be to God that we would have some honest people running for office? Would it be to God that we could have some young men and young women that would complete law school with integrity and write laws and uh, 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 legislation that would make sense? <laughs> would it be to God that there would be a man who would just hold the line in his job, love his wife, love his kids, not get into all that mess that's out there and see, uh, for people to see a picture of just a man, a faithful man? who's a real man, who has real struggles and doesn't always get it right, but when he falls, he falls forward. God is looking. He's looking. He's looking. And that's what Jeremiah is writing to. Verse 13 and 14. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. There it is. I'll be found by you. You want to make a difference? You, you want to pull yourself out of the spiritual mully grubs? You, you, you want to break free from mediocrity and apathy and wet blanket and 
you will seek me and find me. He, he says, it, it will happen. It's going to happen. Oh, those who were drug away into Babylon, oh, let's not get it wrong. There was a reason why God had to do that. He, he needed to refine them. They were disobedient. They were, you'll seek me and find me. It's going to happen. There's going to be a return. It'll happen when you seek me with all of your heart. That's what it is. I'll be found by you, declares the Lord. You want to find God? You want to find God? Where's God? He'll be found when you seek him with all of your heart. That's what scripture says. Stand up on your feet. The Bible says you, he'll be found. I'll be found, says the Lord, when, when, when you seek me with all of your heart. That's what he says right here. It's an all of your heart thing. It's not a partial thing. It's not one foot in, one out. You know what? I, that's kind of offensive. Um, I don't know if I can do that. That sounds kind of, you know, offensive. I, I just, you know, James 1.8 says a double-minded man is unstable in all they do. You've got to decide. 2024, you're going to go deeper with God? Are you going to go deeper in compromise? You're going to go deeper? Are you going to allow him to take you deeper? Come on, church. Can I get an amen here? Come on. <laughs> Come on. See, see, your zeal and enthusiasm is contagious. It's contagious. If you wait for somebody else to build you up, maybe if you'll just build somebody else up, it'll bounce back to you. Come on. Your zeal and enthusiasm is contagious. And God's looking for that with all your heart kind of zeal. With all your heart. And listen, sometimes Pastor Tim has to stir himself up. In the Lord. I don't wake up every day thinking, man, you know it's awesome? It's awesome that I work at the church and preach. I, don't, I hope that doesn't mess you up. But I'm real. And I know you are too. We go highs and lows. Oh, man, there's times, buddy, I'm ready to take hell with a water pistol. Come on! <laughs> Get him, Lord! And then there's times I feel like a prophet when he took out the prophets of Baal, called fire down from heaven, and a couple days later he's depressed, wants to kill himself, and he's running from a girl. <laughs> I'm being a little extreme, but that's in the Bible. <laughs> we get some men who'll say, Jeremiah 29, 13 and 14. All my heart. All my heart. Can we get some men that'll say, it's an all my heart thing. Oh, that's easier said than done, isn't it, men? Come on. That, that will consecrate themselves. That will, will they'll shut off things that will cause them to be double-minded. That will shut off things that will cause, that will want to drag them. I need a man up here. Come here, come here. You, I, I probably couldn't do this normally, but uh, come on, resist me, resist me. Now, now let me pull you. Just pretend, right? Pretend. I need a bit of men that'll stop. Now stop. Stop me. They'll, they'll say no more. No more. No more. No more. Thank you, officer, <laughs> lieutenant, whatever you are. They, they, they'll consecrate. Do you see what I'm saying? Do you see what I'm saying? We need some men that will step up to the plate. We need some women that will say, yes, Lord. 
Yes, Lord, we need your tenderheartedness. We need your tears. We need your fellowship. We need, we need your longings for God. We need you. We need some young people. We need some zeal for some young people, man. I, I just want, listen, I'd rather, I'd much rather direct chaos and try to raise the dead. <laughs> I'd much rather try to direct chaos and raise the dead. We need some zeal. We need some zeal in the house from our young people to be zealous for God. It's an all your heart kind of thing. Let's go deeper, 2024. Come on, let's go deeper, 2024. Here's how we're going to land. If you say, Tim, I just want to go deeper. And you want it to be an all-your-heart thing. I'm not saying you're bouncing off the walls this morning. I'm saying you want it to be an all-your-heart thing. I want you to just come out of your seat now, come on. All across, everybody, come on. You say, I want it to be an all-my-heart thing this year, 2024. Now, a trick question, all-your-heart thing. It's an all-your-heart thing. You want it to be an all-your-heart. You're saying, God, I want to go deeper. God, I want to go deeper. God, I want to go deeper. Turn your neighbor and say, ask him, you want to go deeper? Turn to your neighbor, for real, you want to go? Turn to him, not a trick question. You want to go deeper? Come, let's go deeper. Come on, let's go deeper. You want to go deep? This is not a manipulation. This is not a trick. This is none of that. I want to go deeper. I, that's what I want. That's what I want. I want to go deeper. I want to go deeper. We're in a consecrated time of 21 days of prayer and fasting. God's breaking through. 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 Come on, let's, let's sing. We're going to sing a worship song right now. We're going to sing. Come on, we're just going to go deeper in him. Come on, we're just going to go deeper in here. We're just going to take a moment. We're just going to worship. Come on. We want to thank you for listening to the message today. We would love for you to stop by and see us. Our services start at 10 a.m. on Sundays and 7 p.m. on Wednesday nights with various small groups throughout the week. Here at Life Church, we hope you have a great week.